What up, everybody? Welcome back to Serato's Unscripted Show. I'm your host, Matt, aka Cut Corners. And, um, well, what can I say? Today, we've got two legends in the game, uh, both incredible DJs and producers. Uh, I'm really excited to have them on the show. Um, big, big fans of both artists, and it's great to hear that they're working together on a new project. Uh, their new re record is out now. It's called Roll Reversal. Um, the artist's name is Rolls Maddox, so that should probably give you a pretty clear indication on who we're speaking with today. Um, you know, um, Rhett Maddox, a, a ITF DMC champion, uh, legendary producer Jay Rolls, worked with everybody from Black Star, Talukweli, part of the Lung Catalyst, 3582 with Fat John. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, they're both extremely accomplished, and uh, I'm sure you've got lots to talk to them about. I certainly do. So. Uh, if you would please do me the favor of welcoming Jay Rolls and Rhett Maddock to the show. What up, Jay Rolls, Rhett Maddock, welcome to the show. Hey. hey. We are here. What's going on, everybody? Hey. What's going on? Man. Matt, thank you for having us. Thank yeah. you so much, Matt. Appreciate you, man. And of course, um, no stranger to the to the Serato uh, crew, Jay Rolls, you, you took over the Serato's kitchen last year, so... You're well acquainted with uh, what we do on the Serato Twitch channel already, right? Indeed, most definitely. Big fans. Um, you know, like I just was telling you, I'm making whole records with Serato Studios, so let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. And Rhett Maddock, you too also have been messing around with Serato Studio for a amount yourself, right? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I mean, this is... It, once... I'll, I'll say this. So, uh, once we got it, I, I kind of slept on it first, but J-Rock was like, you know, he's like, man, you're stupid, man. You need to, you need to, you need to jump on it, dude. You can make a beat real quick like that. Like, I was like, word. I was like, and then I, when I did it, I was like, I called him back. I was like, you're right. And so, I mean, and of course, Babu was on, you know, he, he was actually on it too, because he made, he made a lot of his uh, house beats. A That's lot right. Of people be, a lot of people feel surprised that Babu's actually making house beats. So yeah, he goes by another alias by the name of melvin so he does a thing called melvin pete so it's like uh, and he was he was cranking them out left and right on using serato's uh, studio so man if that doesn't tell you anything man i don't know what <laughs> that's right man melvin i love it um shout right. out whole beat junkies crew too man those guys are legends in the game of course yeah yeah you know we, we try we try <laughs> yeah i'll try uh-huh. And um, Jay, now you've been streaming. I, I've caught a bunch of your streams recently on Twitch. Uh, you're pretty well, well, uh, well acquainted with Twitch in general as well. Um, can you just tell me a little bit, bit, a little bit about how you got into that? Um, yeah, man, I got into that through uh, my DJ crew out here uh, in in Ohio. Uh, shout out my man, oh, and Rich Nice. And then I linked with uh, two of the best moderators, Kim G and uh outlaw one and they really helped me out a lot so uh you know just um really what i i mean you know most of us were on ig live trying to do this on ig live and it just you know they kept cutting you off cut you off cut you off so you know how hip-hop is man we're gonna make something out of nothing so if you're telling us we can't do it we're gonna figure out another way and so the word got around twitch is is the move and so that was it so next thing i know all the DJs were on Twitch and, you know, and that, and I just joined in, follow suit, and, and it's been great, man. Yo, that's awesome to hear. And I want to I wanna say a big shout out to the moderators, like you said. Uh, man, moderators really make the whole experience on Twitch so much better. Um, and it's, it's, they're always so generous and nice with their time. I want to shout out a couple of folks 
and here, um, Deco Eris, Nina Mendoza, and of course, Mr. Sonny James is a mod right now. What up, Sonny James? Great to have you here. Sonny James. Sonny James, that dude. Not even a question. That's another person I, I hit up in my early Serato studio Twitch days. He was giving me pointers. Him, shout out OP. You know, they was just getting me right. And of course, DJ Rat Maddie. He was helping me too, so. Absolutely. Shots the whole of the Serato familiar, man. Because really, yeah. seriously, like, yeah, you, you, uh, Matt, you, Matt, Op, uh, Oak, uh, Sunny, Destruct, you know, you got, I mean, that's, the, you guys are the fantastic four. For real. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Um, we got a huge raid actually right now from a bunch of great folks. Uh, Good Music Twitch. Thank you so much for joining us right now. Um, yeah, and if you're, if you're interested in following uh, J-Rolls or Retmatic on Twitch, just type in exclamation point follow and that'll take you right to their Twitch page. There's also a link in there for their latest album uh, that just dropped, like what, last week? Rollsmatic? Yep, last Friday. February 3rd. February 3rd. So, um, Roll Reversal by Rollsmatic is out now, available everywhere. There's a link in there that'll take you to whatever DSP you choose, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, whatever. Um, and you should definitely bump it. I was bumping it this morning. Fantastic record, guys. Congratulations. <laughs> if, if, you only, if you only knew how long we worked on this. <laughs> Yeah. It's a labor of love, man. We 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 did it, and we, yeah, we. I mean, but it was fun. No, it was fun. It was it was enjoyable, you know. Well, tell me how long it took you. Like, when did this start? Like, I, I I've got to know the full. Actually, let's let's pause a second. Let's take it back to how you guys even linked up in the first place. I got to know, uh, Jay Rolls, Retmatic. How did you guys meet? This is man. this is a funny story. So uh, Fat Beats. Yeah, I was working at Fat Beats. <laughs> This is when Fat Beats moved to Melrose, you know, from the Vermont store, Fat Beats LA. Uh, and I was working the cash register and stuff. And then uh, uh, Rawls and his wife happened to walk in. And I was like, he was there, he was looking, taking, looking records. And I was like, excuse me, aren't you Jay Rawls? And then he goes like, he goes, you look familiar. <laughs> and stuff like that. So that's how we officially, we, we officially met. Uh, and I think it was uh, uh, it was Pat's first time there, right? Uh, yeah, it was it was her. Yeah, it's definitely her first, first time. time in LA. First time in L.A. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I was uh, it was my first time in that Melrose store. I had went to the other store um, back uh, when when I was up there with Quali and Most Def last time. Right. So that's that's how we uh, officially met, and then. He came back out a couple of times. I think you came out, and then it was uh, with John. Ron John Robinson was living out in L.A. at the time, yeah. and he had a, had a show. And then that's how you know we see, you know see, yeah. connect again. And then from there, I mean, because like Jr. was kind of like our uh, person to really kind of like connect us and stuff. And then we just kind of hang out from then. So it was really like a mutual respect for what what the both of your crafts like from from fans of each other. Would you say? Yes. Oh, definitely. Without question. And um, I mean, and it was cool because we were, you know how you, you hang with somebody, you talk to them. It's like, yo, we should do a project. We should do a, we should do a song. We should do a, you know, and we just turned that we should into like actually working on it. And, and so I would come out to L.A. sometimes, but he would also come to Columbus. He came to Columbus a few times and we would we would create. So, you know, I know that you can send files, but it, it's so much better when you can actually connect. And, and we were able to do that. 
Yeah, that's incredible. You guys, like, you're like, I mean, just working on music with anybody is always, you know, you never know which way it's going to go if people are really committed or not. So, yeah, talk about, like, working on t music together. Like, what is that experience like for you guys? Like, is how do you d divvy up the work, shall I say? Well, I, I, well, here's the thing is just that, like, when we kind of, when we started announcing that we were working together, everybody was kind of shocked because it's like they couldn't, they, a lot of people couldn't picture Rawls and myself working together because uh, our, our, our production style, uh, music stars are, are two different contrasts to, to you know, uh, I mean, of course, a lot of people know about, you know, Rawls with Lone Catalyst, Fat John, of course, Brown Skin Lady for Black Star and stuff. So, I mean, Big I don't gym. have a classic, you know, I don't have a classic, you know, under my belt and stuff like that. Um, and of course, you know, we go. a lot of people... A lot of people know me for beat junkies and stuff, but like, uh, unless you're really into the, you know, the LA underground, like, you know, know about the visionaries, a lot of people didn't know about my production style and stuff. So, That's right. so a lot of people were kind of really curious about it. And, uh, so, I mean, in the early days, it really was just like, uh, Rawls, Rawls, when he was in LA, he would come over to my crib and we just, just try to listen to records and start, you know, just working on stuff. And, uh, uh, luckily, I would have an ASR at the crib, even though I, that, that's not my, cho uh, you know, uh, choice of weapon, my weapon of choice or whatever, you know, I was an MPC guy. So we would just kind of like, kind of like, just see what, how we go, you know, just, it, it just a building processes. And then, you know, eventually we started, we, we, we did the a lot of our early recordings were at, at, at my crib and then yeah. eventually we did, and then eventually I would go to Ohio, and then eventually we start emailing each other. After that, we start emailing each other. So, man, technology plays such an important role in that. Uh, you know, these days it's much easier to collaborate in the long distance because, yeah, you know, Jay, you're in Ohio, Ritmatic in LA. That's that's quite a significant gap, you know, between yeah. you. So that's quite a quite a bit of a commitment to work, and it's great hearing you talk about uh, your production, Ritmatic. Because yeah, like I think a lot of people know you primarily as a DJ, but you know, those who those of us who do know and follow, have followed, like you said, for the Visionaries and and other projects, are quite familiar with the fact that you're also a very uh, talented and and credited producer as well. Um, and then Jay, well, similarly, you're also a fantastic DJ, as we've seen um, on Twitch from from uh, weekly these days. I, I, I get her done. I'm like the cable guy. I get her done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get her done. I, I don't do the, the the acrobatics. You know, we leave that to the beat junkies. <laughs> oh, acrobatics. Is that what it is? The acrobatics. All the cool, all that fancy stuff. Sonny James be doing that stuff, too. All the cool turntablism stuff. Leave that to those guys. But, you know, I can get a party started. Um, <laughs> hey, we got <laughs> we got a lot of people in the in the chat right here um, talking about fat beats, and I think it's great uh, if we can just take a moment to like just kind of picture this because I, I wonder how many people even you know can well a, obviously a lot of people remember, but a lot of people nowadays may not even be aware of the fact of how important fat beats was culturally in you know LA, I mean New York of course, and around the world. Uh, as a matter of fact, Master Lee, who's in the chat, he worked in Amsterdam with Fat Beats, and globally, you know, this this organization still around today has, you know, obviously, kind of helped proliferate hip hop around the world, like really good rap music, beats, and culture, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Jab. So Jab is, 
obviously uh, started the store in New York, but like he has family ties here in LA. So um, when he when he actually uh, uh, was about to open up the Fappy store, he actually reached out to to Babs Babu. So Babu and a uh, uh, cat named Marski were the actual the OG like the original uh, journal managers and stuff, right? And they opened up in a uh, an extra large store uh, in in LA. So it was off of uh, Vermont. And it was actually like an upstairs, like a little small part. Um, eventually, like, you know, J-Rock started working there. And then uh, uh, Silos, he used to be, um, Silos is, a, is an OG DJ in LA. He used to be the uh, hip hop buyer for Aaron's Records back in the days. And then eventually became the general manager over at, at, at Fat Beats. And then eventually I got there. Uh, New Mark, we used to work there. Uh, 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 who else used to work there, man? Uh, truly odd. It's just like it, it's like kind of like the same thing in New York, you know. You had like people Eclipse. like uh, Eclipse, nonfiction, uh, arsonists. You got cats that were in the scene that were working there and stuff. But so, um, eventually, Fat Beats moved, uh, Fat Beats LA moved two, two stores down, and then you know, it's just a lot of history from there and like that. So, uh, yes, a lot. And then, of course, when they opened up, uh, uh, Amsterdam and, and, and Japan and uh, Atlanta for a hot minute and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it, it was a big it was a big thing for a while. But like just uh, um, for at least for Fat for LA Fat Beats LA was a, a destination and, and yeah it was it was kind of it was cool for me personally being like one of the the OGs over there and, and to still work you know I was kind of like one of the last guys last OGs to work over there where Babs and Babs was on tour with Dilated. Uh, Jay would go on tour. I mean, I I would work there once a week, but like most of, if I was on the road, I'd be on the road. But then I come back, you know, because it just keeps me, it keeps me sharp. Just like I want to know the new shit. But yeah, um, yeah. Fat Beats is definitely a a, a, a culture thing. Um, and yeah, they're doing they're now doing their distribution still, which is great. And so. coincidentally, they're distributing this record. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! So yeah, tie they're, it all up in a nice bow. Yeah, that's so. fantastic. Yeah, they were uh, they, they they like you said they're still putting out records. In fact, I got I bought a record from DiBiase, who was our guest last week, who also put out a record with Fat Beats. So it's still really an, an important uh, part of hip hop culture and, and beat culture as well. Yes, definitely, for sure, for sure. And let's just like I I think there's a lot to discuss when we talk about like. Just the fact that you guys met there is also a lovely story. When you think about what re record stores represented to culture uh, as a as a place, a meeting place, as a place to exchange knowledge, uh, you know, pre-internet, you know, or you know, during the beginnings of internet forums and so forth. Uh, I I personally worked at a record store myself here in Vancouver, and um, the amount of people that would come through, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. You know, you think about the amount of people that came through on whenever the new records would drop on a Thursday or Friday or. Wednesday or wherever it was for your city and the kind of conversations that would happen, the knowledge exchange and the, the chance meetings of people that you'd end up collaborating with is just such a, uh, an important thing. Do you guys see a lot of that stuff moving online? Like um, we've had a couple of guests in here and, and at, here at Serato, I know uh, Serato, a lot of people would, would maybe uh, say Serato was part of the decline of record stores, which I understand uh, that narrative, but um, a lot of online places like Discord, for example, are now where pl people are having those interactions or, or, or on forums, you know, um, classic hip-hop forums like OK Player, for example. 
do, do you see a lot of that kind of similar experience happening online now? I guess you do. I mean, I personally, uh, like I, I use Discord a little bit. I started using it um, with um, with the Serato's Kitchen, and I use it for um, uh, uh, DJ Missile. Shout out DJ Missile. Her thing um, did that beat thing for her. So yeah, I know that's going on, but you know, I I think there's nothing that can really like take the place of like somebody and somebody yeah low key just said like making friends at the record store was the best it just was i mean because you knew you had something in common with them right yeah <laughs> i mean they're in the record store so it's like oh yeah so we probably we probably buy so yeah i'm sure there there are a lot of things i just i don't know what they all are honestly do you still I mean, oh sorry go ahead I mean, yeah i mean we're still i mean if you, re you really think about it. I don't use Discord. I'm still, in some ways, I'm still kind of like, you know, I'm still trying to play catch up to a lot of things and stuff. So, um, we have to, we we gotta be careful too, because you can't compare what we used to do back then to now, because obviously it's at different times. Technology is is different. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, in terms of like, if I can't go to a record store, buy it online. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, yeah. Yeah. So. It, it, you know, obviously like in anything it's 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 has its uh plus and minuses and stuff and positive negatives um yeah you did say like a lot of people blame serato but i i don't think really it's it it, it it's just a lot you know the the, the environment was different it was changing and stuff but like today still people are buying more records now i mean not it won't be like in the 90s but people are still buying records so that's a good point. As a matter of fact, you know, like I still, I definitely don't buy as many records as I used to, but I'm sure as you do, we still like love to go to a record store and, and dig for vinyl that, you know, I, maybe I don't have or I skipped over or rediscovered or whatever, or even just new stuff like, like you were saying, you know, I'm, I still put out records. Did you guys do a lot of that for this record? Did you guys still go to the, the, the record store and pull out wax? Yeah, I love it. I, I, go, I go digging every week still. Like I'm... I'm in record stores weekly, and if I'm traveling, that's first on my list. That's the first priority. So, yes. Wow. I mean, yeah. I, I, I most of the time I go. Most of my well, I haven't traveled in a hot minute because it's since the pandemic. But most of the time, my digging would be doing traveling. And if I do go record shopping, it's usually I'm with Jay, I, you know, Jay Rock and stuff. So we go, you know, Jay is the one that still consistently goes digging. I'm like, I'm little. I'm a little behind him, but he's like he can. Back every back. time I go to LA, I still see I still see J Rock in record stores. I run into yeah. J Rock in the record like. What's up? Yeah, I Jay, love that. That's where I see him. Yeah, Jay will like. You going? It's like ah, oh, I can't. This is like, are you you're missing out and stuff like that. And then when I go to his house, it's like, oh, when'd you get this? Uh, I just got this yesterday. It's like ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> so it's like, but I. <laughs> But you know, for the most part, like I still like you know, like I I'll try to go to like some of the local record stores around here and stuff like that. You know, I'm not I'm, compared to now. Like I I'm not really buying like you know how you, during those days we buy yet you you've not only going buying for digging, but you also buy like the hip hop shit, like the newer stuff. I'm not buying as much new stuff as it as it is, but I'm still I'm buying a lot of stuff that's like either. Uh, for sampling or just uh, fill up my ga uh, fill, fill the gaps in my collection or just or for 45s and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just um, but if, I, if it's something new, I'll I'll definitely buy it if I really, really want it. But, you know, other than that, you know, because Serato, man, is just like it's it, it's it's a it's a lifesaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. 
Um, it's, and a it's, it's a backsaver. It's cool. Like in, in the chat, uh, Eros, David, uh, yeah, technology is always going to move forward. At the end of the day, you know, it's, it's not one person's fault. It's, it's just the way things move forward. And I love this from um, Domingo Fresh. You know, he's like, he's t- totally right. Vinyl is still around. You know, in DC, they have Crate Collection. And it's really kind of on us to like check in and on your city. We know what you have. We got Beat Street. We got a bunch of spots, uh, Zulu and, and, and Vancouver here. I know LA Amoeba's still great, you know, and there's, I, as you said, J-Rock, he knows all the spots, man, you know, and, you know, it's still, like, so awesome to, to go have that experience uh, as, and support those places so that they can still exist, right? Totally, totally. Um, now, let's tell me about this record. We got to, I really want to get more into this record because um, you guys have some incredible uh, guests on there, and you were talking just about um, John Robinson, who's on the record. Um, you've got a bunch of guests. You've got Alda Sensei. Uh, you've got uh, Craig G. You got like legends. You got Blue on there. You know, like you got really fantastic guests. Uh, I loved listening to it today, this morning, and um, I just love to know how you guys linked up with those people, or what, how you chose those guests to be on on the record. <laughs> well, hey, I, I'll keep it real simple. Here's how we did it. Hey, uh, you want to be on this record? <laughs> I mean, all of the all of the guests were, uh, you know, fam. You know, they were somebody that we already had a relationship with. And, you know, it's just when you're creating a record like this, this is a labor of love. It's not like we had a budget or anything like that. We were doing it because we love hip hop and we love making good music. And, and that's where it all boiled down to. So it was about asking people uh, to be on it that, you know, we had good relationships with. So it was very organic. There was nothing contrived. We didn't do any, you know, extra back deals, you know, in the back room, you know, anything fancy. It was just really like reaching out to family. Rip Matt, do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, I mean, not as much, but it was like we uh, we do. We did try to reach out to a couple of people and stuff and it fell through and whatever, whatnot. So, I mean, uh, uh, everyone that's supposed to be on this album is meant to be on this album and stuff so um like for instance uh when we did the the role reversal track uh it was originally just a, a, it's really a, a jay rawls track really with and and the craig g the the vocals uh, the raps that craig g did there weren't uh it was different it was totally different from what you hear now so uh and correct me if i'm wrong uh rawls um Craig G was in town, right? When you guys recorded yeah, that? Yeah, he, he was in Columbus doing a show and he came over to the crib and uh and then I threw out a beat and he loved it and he and he rocked on it. And so when uh, and then me and Rhett was working and Rhett came in town and uh and Rhett had had heard I was like, Rhett, you know, let's let's put some of them them Rhett drums on there and and I think we actually got footage of that. I think we put that on Instagram, like some sharing that footage. But Rhett added those drums and just really set it off. And then Craig was like, yo, I'm redoing the vocals. <laughs> yeah. So he, he redid the vocals and, and just, oh, man, it's, in, it's yeah. incredible. So and, and to add to that, because uh, uh, we, we, we sent him the version with, the, with my drums. He heard it and he was just like, what's the name of you guys' album? And he... He did. He, he he said, "I don't like my vocal. I don't like the even the rap I did. I want to do it all over." And he sent it back like in two or three hours. We we're like, "Wow, yeah. Yeah. yeah!" And then after that, it was just like that. Kind of like was the catalyst to really 
like okay we need to finish this album now yeah. like you know we really let's 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 really get into full gear so that was kind of like the catalyst i mean we had we had songs for you know we've been collecting songs in there and stuff there's some songs that that not make it on the album uh there's some songs uh that weren't like finished but we like there there were interludes like we have a track with mixmaster ice from utfo that was a um it's an interlude right after after play your positions like the first song like if you listen to like we, like people need to listen to the whole song because you won't need that you won't need that you won't hear the interludes it's like we don't you know some albums they have they make an interlude as a separate track we kind of did it like on, on some pete rock and seal smooth like you got to listen to the uh the whole song to hear the interludes so if you don't catch you know if you don't catch it you won't see, you know you won't know so yeah we had mixed master ice on the album he did scratches and stuff so um yeah. But there was a, if we finished that song, it would have been a it would have been a full song. But uh, you go ahead tell the story about that. I uh, just no. Last night I was DJing and Ice came out and he said, he said, "Yo, thanks for the love. We you know I appreciate that, man. What, what, what was like? When did we record that? He don't even remember. And then I was like, man, he was like, why, why didn't we finish it? I was like, because you wouldn't call me back, like." He's like, he's one of them people. Y'all don't know how it is, man. So he never like responded, never hit me back. So I was like, yo, Rhett, let's just make it an interlude. We got, we got enough for that. So, right. And it turned out dope. I like it. So yeah. is Mixmaster, Mixmaster Ice, where is he? Is he in Ohio too? He lives in Columbus, Ohio, man. I remember he did the first, my first, very first concert ever was um, UTFO, New Edition, and Full Force in Columbus, mm. Ohio. And Ice would later tell me, like, when he came here for that show, I think it was 85. When he came here for that show, he said he liked it so much because it was, you know, a slower pace. It was chill. He moved to Columbus. Real talk. He moved to Columbus in, like, 90 or 91, something crazy like that. And he's been here ever since. So we got a legend in Columbus. Man, yeah, the craziest thing when he says, like, yo, I can get Mixmaster Ice over. He's like, what? Wait, 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 all the beat junkies probably be like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> it was like, it's the mix master. I was like, what? Right, that's the... <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the guy that brought the awe sound and stuff, you know? So, uh, what's crazy when, uh, when he said he, uh, he was going to bring him over, we went record digging. I happened to find the UTFO Lethal album because I didn't, you know, I didn't have it with me. I was like, man, I was, I was like, oh, I found this. When he came over, I geeked out and have him sign, you know, autograph my record and shit like that. So, I mean, come on, that's that's Mixmaster Ice. So, it really is. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was really dope on, on, on some on some fanboy shit. So that's cool, man. Like hearing about your foundational influences. You know, obviously they're they're going to be different from from my experience, and it's it's so cool. I had no idea. To be honest, I I didn't know that at all, and it's it's so cool to hear about that. Like. Uh, who were some other like DJs or producers that were really foundational for you guys? Oh, Wallace. Oh man, go ahead. Rat started off. Go ahead, go ahead. Foundational. Yeah, I mean, come on, Mr. PhD. <laughs> I mean, man, there's too many. I, I can't. I mean, it's, when you talk DJs, for me, um, I, I mean, Grandmaster Flash, like the Adventures of Grandmaster Flash and the Wheels of Steel, is kind of like. Yeah. I mean, I, I think technically that's like the first example of turntablism if you yep. if you really consider you know what that would become so i mean things like that like there's there's so many dj influences cash money um i mean i i go back to those days like when 
the DJ was an integral part of the album, you know, DXT on, on Rocket. Mm. You know, like that song is not that song without Gram X DXT. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work. So, I mean, yo, but I mean, I, I'm thinking of it more of a, as a standpoint of just a hip hop fan. You know, I did, didn't, uh, in, in fact, I didn't even really start DJing until like I started in like 95. So I came much later because Rep had probably been DJing 15 years by the end. <laughs> you stupid dude. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I'm the same as well. You know, like uh, everybody else from our generation, like Grandma, of course, Grandmaster Flash, the Ventures of Grandmaster Flash and on the Wizard Steel. I mean, for us too, besides whatever's, you know, besides Rocket, I mean, Buffalo Gals with the world famous Supreme Team. Uh, for us also, but on LA, you know, we grew up like with having like the KD Mix Masters, Uncle Jam's Army, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Dre and, and Yellow with the World Class Wrecking Crew. So we have, you know, whatever was coming out from uh, New York and and then what we were having in LA. So that, you know, so I have that. And then, of course, whatever was playing on K-Day, K-Day is like the AM, you know, 5080 AM K-Day was like the first 24 hour quote unquote rap station. Uh, um, but they played R&B and stuff like that. Um, still they, around to this day, right? K-Day's still going. Well, it's a, it's an iteration. It's not the <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, true, true, true. It's not really the same and stuff. But, I mean, they try to bring it They try to bring it back on that type of level, but it, it, it's not the same, really. So, um, uh, I mean, they, it's, it's. I guess you can call it the throwback station or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, because today's... What, you guys as DJs, it's crazy now to hear say like everybody's old school now. It's the two thousand. I was like, man, that's yeah. crazy! Wow, twenty three years yeah. ago. Crazy. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. I mean, it is. That's a generation, twenty years. So, yeah. Wow. So, but I mean, those uh, um, those were like my influences and stuff. So, um, and, and of course, whatever was playing, whatever they played on the radio. I mean, of course, them playing Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. You know, coming from Philly, Cash Money. Uh, you know, of course, Hitman Howie T, just anything that was coming at, was on record or you hear, you know, like tapes or whatever like that. Th those were our influences, at least, you know. What was it like? Did you guys see the Grammy Awards? Uh, we saw the, I mean, Jetmaster J, Grandmaster Flash. Like, uh, how did you feel about that? I mean, just speaking on Grandmaster Flash and obviously Jazzy Jeff being, you know, two of the most important, uh, you know, DJs alive, right? Yeah, man. I, I liked. I thought it was dope, man. It was a it was a dope tribute. Yeah, I, I liked I, it. We, I mean, it was funny because uh, uh, Rawls posted up a, a, a picture of Flash with you doing the beatbox. I because I, I said the same thing too. Because like, I remember uh, telling this to Grandmaster Flash. Uh, the Junkies we opened up for Flash uh, in 2012 in in, in Spain. And, and shortcut and I were telling like, yo man, you need to bring back the beatbox, man. You need to, you know, you need yeah. to do, you need to do adventures. You know, like we told him, you need to do adventures of Grandmaster of Flash live, and he used to do that. He's like, really? So it's ironically how fast forward uh, that he brings that up. And shout out to Questlove who did a great job. Yes, like you know, I heard he was the one that kind of like you got to bring. You, you know, he told Flash you need to bring that out, and it was yep. dope to see that little segment of him just that. Just playing that that beatbox, that, that that you know the flash to the beat routine that you hear, that was like yo, that kind of like, I mean, I'm sure other people maybe from that uh, you know from the younger generation were not uh, 
appreciate it. But like for someone like us, that's like that's really that really loved the culture. I really loved that history, and just to see that live was just like, man. Uh, uh, um, put it. I shed a yeah. tear. Yeah, yeah. We got to give it up for for Questlove. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Huge, yeah. huge achievement right there. That was the way to do it. It's great, yeah. man. Um, now, but if we can just jump talk talk about your record a bit more. There was something you mentioned just a little bit um, before uh, saying, uh, Jay, you said Rhett Maddox did the drums on this track. And, and you know, you had this, uh, Craig G redid, redid his voice. By the way, Craig G, was, it was real slick how he put in the little reference to the, the Juice Crew, um, Marley in Control in the rap. I heard that and I was like, yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, I don't know if many people in the chat are familiar, but, you know, Craig G affiliated with, of course, the Juice Crew, Marley Marlin, uh, legendary. Uh, record and um, but yeah tell me about like how yeah like do, do you guys look listen to each other's productions and say oh I really like how you do drums or you know like Jay I've always listened to your records and go, I really like how you do bass and you know and your drums of course as well so like how did you guys how did you guys work on that maybe Rhett you want to you want to take that one first yeah again going back to what I said earlier in the, in the early days it's like the, uh, the early stages like we go digging and then uh, so, so for instance, the track uh, um, that we did with Elder Sensei and Sadat X, um, and I just found this out yes last night. So the sample, uh, we went digging, and 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 Rawls found this rec- this uh, the the sample of this particular record, and we're gonna use. He goes, we're gonna use this. So what he did was like at the time. So this here, this is I'll, I'll kind of even go a little bit more uh, back. If you know if you know the history of Rawls, his production his, his production of choice is ASR ten, and I was an MPC two thousand guy, um, and and so uh, by that time I was transitioning to Reason, so um, shouts to DJ Khalil who, who was telling me like you know he was using that stuff, so he was the one that got me to use to use Reason and stuff. So what happened was Rawls pointed out we're going to use this. We uh we we chopped it up and stuff and what he did he did the, he did the arrangements he chopped it up and arranged it and then I added the beats and that that kind of like kind of like okay let's do the, let's start doing this because the thing is is like if we're doing the production versus say like Jaleb or Gang Green right uh obviously like Dilla rhymed over Madlib's beats or vice versa right uh, on Gang Green you had Alchemist and Ono. They both go back and forth on the rhymes, but they either rhyme over an Ono beat or they rhyme over an Alchemist beat. Right. For us, we wanted to be like really like if we're gonna call ourselves Rawlsmatic, we really had to like um, uh, uh, we really had to do the stuff together and stuff. So it was like it it it, it, it kind of varies. Like if if Rawls had a drum pattern, I'd, he says, hey. You pick the sample or vice versa or something like that so it just kind of worked it kind of went like that you know so um obviously uh again goes back to what i said earlier our production styles are different so it kind of like different things came we were able to bring things out like musically wise like uh Rawls is more musical than i am of course i'm more like a little bit more raw and gritty and stuff so it was able to to balance each other's out like when we so they like to say the song xanadu uh, with uh, with uh, the singer named Anne One, who's from here, from LA. She's a she's she's a dope uh, uh, vocalist uh, uh, 
pretty well respected in South, in Korea. She did a lot. She's known for her Korean uh, R and B back in Korea, and and the craziest thing, she's also done work here. They did background vocals for uh for Betty Gris, Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib, and just recently did something with Dave East. Um, so she's yeah. So she's like she be in she's been behind the scenes, but she's like actually kind of well known in Korea. But she's been always doing uh soul and R and B. So when we reached out to her and we get made the beat, it was the same thing. Like Rawls came out with a sample. He had we already had the track and stuff. I was like, and he goes, he was the one who says, "You got some drums, right?" And then that's what it is. So, and I want to say that we did that on on Serato Studio. Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think that one was. I don't. If I recall, right? No, I'm so, thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, so it's the same thing. But, files, you know, how you. Yeah, but then we're drop putting it out there. We're dropping a a, a new video this Friday. Uh, every it's called Everyday Shit with Illa J and Frank Nitt. Uh, we did that on on Serato Studio. Oh, yes. fantastic! Yo, yeah. shout out Illa J and Frank Nitt too. Incredible! That's that's yeah. that's a, such a great collab. I love that track on the record too, man. Really? Yeah, yeah, that wow. was a really good one. It was cool. It was really cool to hear Frank Nitt spitting like that because I haven't yeah. heard of Frank Frank. Uh, I haven't heard Frank Nitt for a minute on 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 much, and he really he really brought it on that. I mean, of course, Illa J did too. Um, it was yeah, great track, definitely. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so that was cool, man. Like especially like you know now when we're both using Straw Studio, we just have to send we just send over the the, the actual not the file but the you know the session the sessions and shit so i was like oh boop. oh okay yeah there it's <laughs> finished yeah so um jay tell me a little bit about like we're gonna get a bit about music equipment but i'd love to hear about um you know your experience with the asr 10 like does it have a specific sound to you or what is it that you love about that piece of equipment? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it does. Uh, it, I think it's mainly the, um, that filter, um, that filter special in that ASR 10 is, is something special about it. Um, uh, and the fact that I can play samples, I like that, you know, that's kind of fun just being able to take something and, and play it and, and not necessarily um, like hitting pads, but I can play it like keys. Mm. That was the the attractive part for me when I when I first started using ASR. So you know, um, yeah, it definitely has a distinct sound, but it's just it's just a different feel. I mean, I used the MPC two thousand. I used the uh, SP four hundred four. I'm sorry, the Roland four hundred four, right? Um, and, and and I I just you know I do different machines, but that the the ASR just had that feeling. It's so cool, like certain pieces of equipment like that have had such a long time like long longevity in hip-hop production you know and i think about you know timbaland used it i think alchemist used it jake one uses it and you hear about certain people using it and 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 the way that they make beats uh and it's similar to, to the mpc you know uh obviously you know a lot of people use the mpc i know uh, obviously you said ritmatic use it i know uh babu was on it of course I mean, tons of people, obviously Dilla, you know, using the MPC 3000. Um, and now, if you don't mind, I'd just love to talk a little bit about Dilla, being that it was his birthday yesterday, it's February, and, you know, it's always a time where we look, um, you know, and, and reflect on his contributions to, you know, hip-hop and pop culture. Now, um, you were his, his tour DJ uh, for a while in, in Europe, right, uh, Retmatic? Yes, yes. Uh, that was... Man, I, uh, uh, 
I mean, that's uh, that's it was crazy. Just the fact that um, he reached out to me to be his uh, his tour DJ because usually it's J it's, it's J Rock, you like, and ironically the timing was um, he wanted Jay to DJ for him, but he was supposed to go on a road with Madlib, so uh, uh, and, you know. Like, I, I'm pretty lucky that I was kind of like one of the last guys to kind of be part of the, the Dilla circle in L.A. and stuff like that. So um, the fact that he reached out to me and I, I remember t- I, I remember it was like after he reached out to me, I called I, I call J-Rock and said, hey, man, thanks for putting in the words. Like, I didn't I didn't say nothing to him. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, man, that was. uh. I, that was crazy, man. Cause like, uh, in hindsight, I think I mean I didn't know how sick sick I knew he was sick, but I didn't know how sick he was. Um, I think that was his own way of saying that you know like the, uh, uh, this is my way. I'm gonna like if we to to hang out with you or do some work. Cause I heard, I mean, he met, it's been mentioned in the uh, in the Dilla Time book. Like he would like he give. He'd like he like when Questlove came visit him, he gave records like here, take that record, you know, like so. It, it was his, it was his own way because like I've always told Dilla, it's like, hey man, if you need any scratches, man, I got you or whatever. He was like, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was his own way of saying like, you know, he really knew that we're you know, more game but the finish and stuff. Um, so he took me on the road because I, I he said he wanted me to do scratches on on the Shining, but that never obviously that never. That never happened and stuff. So, um, and 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 that on that tour too is like obviously got close to him and 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 Mama Yancey, Frank, Frank and Dank and Bat Cat and stuff. So that and Dave New York, rest in peace to Dave New York and shit like that. So, yeah, we all became close with that, you know. So and then, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, look, I appreciate you talking about it. I know it's, it's your friend and it must be kind of difficult to talk about stuff like that. So I don't want to spend too much time dwelling on it. It must be a, a pretty emotional thing. But um, moving on, and, and this one's for you, Jay Rawls, because uh, I read that you did a, a really great tribute uh, with an orchestra uh, for Dilla while he was alive, uh, which is really, really beautiful. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I, I work with a band here in Columbus called the Liquid Crystal Project. And uh, shout out B Jazz, Rob Riley, um, man, uh, Eddie Bear, Charles Cooper, you know, the whole crew. And we um, we had created, um, we were working on that first album and we did uh, a tribute to Dilla as uh, just because he, he was like just a big influence. And I was like, we got to give people their flowers while they're still here. I had heard he was sick. But like Rhett said, I really didn't know. I didn't know it was like that. And um, by the time the record was done and the single, the seven inch single came out, he had passed away. So um, later on, I was able to give the seven inch to um, House Shoes um, and to um, uh, uh, Mama Yancey through um, Illa J. So, I, you know, I was able to meet everybody later on, but I, I never got to meet him. But, you know, it was just a sign of respect, man. He, he was definitely one of the greatest. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, this, this is month. It's, it probably it probably must be pretty emotional for a lot of his people. I see how she's talking about it. And I can, you know, after reading Dilla Time, you really get a, a good uh, perspective on, on how that was and how, how, how it must have been. So yeah, I think we should probably move on from that. There is something that I do want to talk that you both also have in common, which I think is really cool. 
Uh, you're both really uh, part of the education uh, sector. Um, in fact, I gotta say, it's I gotta be Dr. J Rawls is the official title. I was like, oh shit, I gotta make sure it's Dr. J. Um, but yeah, Dr. Uh, doctor, um, you're a professor at uh, Patent University in Ohio, and uh, Rhett Maddock, you're a teacher at the Beat Junkies Institute of Sound. Um, what, Jay Rawls, why don't you take, tell us a little bit about your journey with education? Yeah, um, so I, I, I started teaching in 2002, and I kind of fell in love with it. And I knew then, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And um, in 2006, I got my master's in education. And, and at that point, I kind of knew then, like, I want to I do something different. And I always wanted to combine my passions, which are hip-hop and education. And so I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do at the time, but I got my Ph.D. in 2017 and I've been working on this idea of hip hop based education. So shout out Emery Petchauer, uh, Chris Eminem, Bettina Love, Martha Diaz. There's a whole list of people pushing forward this idea of um, using hip hop culture to help uh, engage and build relationships with students. So that's my focus and that's what I do. So uh, yeah, I'm a professor at Ohio University and you know, just moving forward, man, trying to trying to keep this hip hop thing alive. That's incredible, uh, Jay. And I, and I did notice on your Wikipedia that it was the first uh, hip hop uh, based education pro program. Is that correct? It is. Um, there, there, this is the first hip hop based education program and a college of education that we could find we we didn't find another one and it is the first one so we're in ohio university at athens so if you're going to be a teacher and you're interested in you know uh implementing some some hip-hop culture into your classroom holla at me it's fantastic man and you know what i think about it i i've i've had this uh thought about it and i meditated on it quite often is just how much hip-hop has well, taught us on a personal level, but also how important hip hop has been in the advancement of technology. Um, you know, yeah. specifically the job I have at Serato, you know, all this technology, it's all really a result uh, of, you know, hip hop innovation, you know? Um, so it's, it makes so much sense. Uh, and it's so contemporary too, which is so, what's so fantastic about it. Um, so yeah, big up Jay. That's huge, man. Thank you. Thank you. And <laughs> Rip Medic, um, Tell, tell us about what you're doing at the Beat Junkies Institute of Sound because that's also having a huge impact on DJs and uh, and producers in Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm, uh, obviously I'm one of the, the main instructors over there at our school. Uh, Shouts to Babu and Mr. Chalk, uh, you know, they, they hold it down. They're the main, they're they're the ones that are kind of leading the charge. Of course, we have a great staff with uh, with Silos and Maricel. Uh, uh, shout, you know, shouts to like Flip Flop and Analog and like the, the rest of the staff right there, um, I, I, you know, just like I, I, we said this in many conversations, I'm sure you had the same thing with, uh, uh, with some of the guys in the junkies is that if you asked us like seven, eight years ago that we'd be teaching, we'd be like, you're crazy and stuff like that. But uh, to actually open up a school um, is, 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 is an honor and a blessing. And it's like the same thing, too, is like uh, what Rawls is saying. It's it's uh, it's it. It's up to us to sh to share the knowledge, and, and if you want our culture to survive, we have to share. I mean, it's it, it, why is it that it, it's the, uh, the only culture or genres that like there's a dis 
uh, uh, there's a, uh, a break between the ge- the older generation and younger generation, right? So we have to kind of figure that out. In some ways, it's our generation's fault for not sharing it. But then, you know, but again, uh, coming out from that, you know, from that era and stuff, it was always about like you don't share your techniques. You don't want you don't you have to be original. But because mining. Yeah, but then we see the other uh, other genres of music or other cultures. They always have a tradition, um, and why they, you know, the, you know why they're sharing knowledge and stuff like that. We needed we need to change that uh, attitude and stuff, you know. Like, and we didn't want it to be like one of those guys that's like, you know, like be the old man on the lawn, you know, get off my <laughs> get off my lawn type shit. Be be like snappers. <laughs> like you know, like I did I did four touchdowns and one, you know, whatever and stuff. Like, because at the end of the day. When you, as you get old, you really, you really realize, um, no one really cares about that, you know. So it's just like, it, it just, it's, yeah. they'll go like, yo, that's dope, that what you did, but what are you doing now? And then, and Rawls and I always talk about it, like, if you consistently, you know, consistently keep on doing what you're doing, you never stop. You, you, you mean, there's always going to be someone better than you, but it, you just become uh, just. Uh, as an individual, you become better at your craft, whatever. There's always going to be, there's always going to be someone that's like, you know, there's going to be, they're, they're a better DJ, better producer and stuff like that. But for us, it's just like just being the best who we can be as, as artists and as individuals and stuff like that. So, yeah. Absolutely. You know, what's cool though is like, uh, I mean, teaching's hard, right? Like, would, would you agree? <laughs> like it's a real skill set because, you know, you've, I, I don't know about you, but I imagine, you know, you spend a lot of your life doing doing the thing and then having to translate that into like a, a curriculum and then execute that is is a totally different skill set it's it's very uh it's a big challenge i mean just speaking personally i found that quite challenging but also extremely rewarding right yeah uh, yeah yeah i mean for me because again so Professor Rawls over here has been doing ever since, like, you know, he's been doing for such a long time for, uh, you know, um, it's crazy just to see when you see someone that you teaching them, they, their lies, the eyes light up or the, the light bulb goes on. And then when you see them progress, it's like you trip out like, damn, they learned that from me or they learned that from us. And it's, it's a, it's a, re- it humbles you. It's a reward. It's a rewarding thing too. Cause it's like, it, it just shows you like, uh, yeah. Like, you're just a little, you're just a speck in this in this universe and stuff, man. And, and, and to able to share that knowledge and see the the uh, the change that that they you're able to help implement into, into their lives. I mean, Raw's always talked about it. You know, you hear about it from people, from instructors, but when you actually are, you're the one doing it and you see it, you know, firsthand, and, and you know, like you said too, Matt, you you teaching, it's like and you see them click. It's just like wow, like. I, it's no money in the world no accolades can can pay for that 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 the re, that reward of, of of sharing knowledge and them just saying uh they they thank you for 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 teaching them or at least sharing whatever and at the same time you're actually learning from them from the students you become a student again so it's a it's a humble experience man Teaching is a love sport, man. My, my brother, John Robinson, always says that um, it, it there's nothing like it because it's the circle of, of, of life. It's like you're pouring into them, 
but they're pouring it back into you and then they're going to go share it with the next person and it keeps going and and teaching is the only profession where you you have somebody come back and and Rhett hasn't probably hasn't experienced it like this but I, i've got students that i taught in fifth grade and they're turning 30 and they're like yo you changed my life or you did this or i remember when you said and that right there is what teaching that there's nothing like it because somebody comes and tells you that you changed their life. It's like, wait a minute. I did. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's the best. And, and Rhett, you're going to experience that. If you already haven't, I'm sure somebody's in the light beat junkie sound. <laughs> I just said, I just say just, you know, the checks in the mail. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's beautiful, man. Um, and you know, what's also really great to hear is this, to, oh, actually, yes, shout out the other teachers, and especially the other hip-hop teachers. This is a good moment to shout out the homie Jay Live, who's also uh, in the education. Justice. Yeah, right? Um, and, I mean, I guess, shout Rock out Kratos. Yeah, Ashru. Oh, wow. Defari. Ninth wow. Wonder. No, he, he used to be. He used to be. But um, That's, We're rap. saying whoever did, if you did at one time. Oh, rap lover? Grab, definitely. Yeah, man, it's um, it, it's a big thing to, to do that, and I think it's really awesome to to talk about it because I think a lot of people, and as, as a young man, um, especially when I wanted to be have a career in music, I felt like I may have had to just be a DJ or just uh, be a producer, or and that was all that was the, the way of measuring success. Uh, but it's really refreshing to hear, um, you know how you know you guys have found a lot of value in, in education as a, as a profession and as occupation in addition to still being able to make music. And I think there's a lot to be said for that um, because, you know, music is obviously the thing that you, we all care about so much, but to completely depend on it for income alone is a very challenging thing. Uh, it always has been, but having uh, another skill like education is, 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 is incredible, you know, um, or and any other job, I guess, for, for that matter. But is, has, how has that affected your creativity or your focus on, you know, your own pursuits and music, having that kind of job side uh, going as well. I, I, for me personally, or go ahead, go ahead. No, nah, go ahead, Rhett. Let's, let's hear it. So, um, for me personally, I think it, I mean, granted, you know, we, I think all of us have a lot of things in our plate, but to do to something, to teach something that's in, in your field, like it, it goes hands in hand of us doing music, it actually helps out. It, 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 to me, it, it, it adds on and it, it inspires. Because again, like when I see students do, you know, when they figure out something, something simple, but they do something that like I would never thought of it. Like just like uh, um, just past Sunday, we had our uh, in our online our beatjunkies.tv online school. We do we do a community challenge every month, and uh, we always issue, okay, use this record or do this technique and stuff and make your own version. So for I, I, I picked the first one for this year. Uh, I, I, had, I had a routine using Jay-Z's Change the Game. And and it was interesting to seeing how uh, each student took that record and and flip it differently than what I would do. Something to think like, wow, I never thought of that. Damn, I, you know, so it's like, it's cool to see when you teach them techniques, but then they put their own twist on it. Mm. And then you see that it goes back to what, what, what Raul's saying. You, you, you pour in so much and it comes back to you. It made me like, oh, wow. 
I never thought of that. And it made me even inspired. Like, I might have to, like, excuse me, guys. I might have to, like, uh, bite your uh, right. Right. right there and, and apply to my shit. So, so I mean, it, it's really dope. So that's, uh, um, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. I would agree. I mean, the word, the, the operative word is inspire. I think that's the main thing for me as well. Like, you get inspired. I mean, it's a lot of work. You know, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm grading papers and, and, and preparing lectures and, and that type of thing. And, and that's work, of course, but there's still the creative side. And like, like Red said, you get inspired and you learn from your students. I think that's the thing that's most important. Like you actually, people forget, like when you're a teacher, you're also a lifetime learner mm. and that's the best part of it. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's great to hear that. Um, especially as uh, I'm getting a little older being able to, to connect with the younger generation and learn from them uh, provides, you know, huge context and, uh, you know, just different, different ways of looking at the, and perspective of the world, you know, because, uh, you know, I think, you know, like you said earlier, Rhett Maddox, just talking about sharing information, um, you know, this next generation, I've noticed Gen Z, you know, sorry for using buzzwords and stuff, but they're definitely a little bit more generous with sharing that kind of information. Also, there's certain rules that don't apply, uh, you know, and I think, you know, of course we love vinyl culture and, and, and hip hop production back in the day, you know, it was like you had to sample from vinyl or you had to, there was all these kind of unwritten rules. And yeah. if you knew, you knew, and then you'd kind of like throw a bit of shade at this person if they didn't do it the way that you thought it should be done. But now a lot of those rules have just disappeared. And this younger generation, you know, if it's someone else flipped a sample, well, I'm going to flip it differently. And there's no rules in the same way. And, to me, I find that very liberating. I don't know about you guys, but I think that, you know, it's actually it's very inspiring to hear these different approaches to, to manipulating sounds and using sounds and, and constructing beats. Um, and it, do you guys get a lot of that as well? Definitely. Definitely. Totally. I, I mean, I think, of course, we still believe in originality. Absolutely. We, 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 we still believe, like, you know, for us, it's it, like we you should we should kind of tr at least keep the values, at least the positive about things about it, you know, of our culture. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like if, again, we have to remember that the, gen the generation after us or even the younger ones, they didn't grow up how we did. So they're not going to, they won't really understand or experience it. They only can do so much of if they watch YouTube or whatever, whatnot. But if they're around us, they might pick it up and you can actually see it when they do pick it up. Uh, especially when, and, and then eventually too, as they get older, you could tell that they they start doing their own research, and then mm -hmm. they figure out like, like, even though they were listening to whatever was hot at the time, it was like, oh man, they go back to listening to the older stuff, which is crazy. Like, uh, um, uh, Rawls would say something about some kind of students that, that go to his, uh, his classes, and they would love they love Dilla and Doom and 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 Madlib, and he was like, how how did you guys know about that? You know, like, you know, and they said, Oh, the internet. So that's, again, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different, uh, time, different place and stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's, um, it, 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 I lost my train of thought right there. Sorry. That's so good. <laughs> but yeah, look, I totally, I get what you mean. And it's actually interesting because so much of that stuff is actually timeless, right? Like, uh, you know, seeing things like Madlib, you know, if you were around in 2003 when Mad Villain or, you know, J-Lib or a lot of these records that are really respected these days, uh, when they came out, they weren't really big songs. Like, they weren't big records 
and the way that they are, their, their cultural impact is. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they weren't, I wasn't playing a lot of Mad Villain, let me say, at the nightclub that I, when I was DJing in 2003, but the impact of that music went so much beyond just being a hot song in a nightclub. It was, right. it's, it's like a, it's a timeless classic. And, you know, you've got the young, you know, younger generation artists like Tyler, the creator, that are just like, this is my favorite record of all time. This is what I based my whole thing off. And you're like, well, that, that means that it, it was way more impactful than, than we thought at the time. Right. Definitely. Well, that, 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 that I want to say, I want to add on. It was like a perfect example is Mad Lib. Mm. Came from the tradition of using an SB 1200. Now he's making beats on 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 iPad. On iPad. Yeah. Well, even the same thing as DJing. When Serato came out, got to give it up for for Uncle Jazzy Jeff. If it wasn't for Jeff, man, for, for real, for reals, like you know, again, you were saying it, Matt. Like you know, they they thought that Serato is the one is the downfall. But when you see someone like Jeff, who came from that era, and can still cut it up. And, and used it used it as a tool. You just made you, it just kind of like, all right, it, it, you know, it, it, it just flips the switch. It just he he knew how to adapt. I mean, Jeff is one of the one of the people, and a lot of people can agree to this. That's from our generation or even our circle and stuff. Is that he keeps on? He may not be even to this today's standards in terms of like DJing in terms of like technical skills or whatever. But he's still up. He's still up to date, and he he know he fits in when he, he fits in, you know. And, and but he's still able to apply whatever today his 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 knowledge, but apply it to today's standards and stuff. He just Absolutely. does him right. So it just shows you it's like you just got to know how to adapt, but still do you, not chase the trends. Absolutely, uh, we got to give it up to Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just got to say one thing, since we're on the Serato podcast, and I feel like it's an appropriate time to mention this, it's funny because um, Serato, for, from, from our perspective, I guess speaking on behalf of Serato, Serato's intentions was never to uh, kill vinyl, you know what I mean? And I think the, the idea there has been a bit warped because the whole concept of Serato was it was meant to be uh, an accompaniment or um, an extra part so you could always play your vinyl, but then you had digital files available. It was meant to, that was the, initially designed as an extension to vinyl. And, and that was what the whole intention of was to put the vinyl, like the control vinyl with records and songs on the B side, things like that. Uh, and I just thought it'd be worthwhile just mentioning that um, so people know. Of course, it, it's a very convenient technology and that's what led it to people adopting it for full sets, you know, just with digital. Yeah. But yeah, it was never intended to take away no. vinyl, you know. Well, that well to, to add to that, in, in the end of the day, if it's like if you weren't, you know, if you were okay or you weren't that great on vinyl, Serato might make you a little bit more better. But it's just a tool. Yeah. You still got to know the fundamentals and stuff. Like just just because you could like just press a cue point and drop it on the one and whatever, that doesn't that doesn't tell you like in terms of like how to read a uh, read the room. When to play yeah. a record, how to build a, a set like that, you know. I mean, I don't know if us DJs are being also being overcritical because it's even tr interesting. It's very controversial. You see a lot of people being controversial about, like, you know, the sync button. You, <laughs> DJ Twitter and all that, yeah. you know, like everybody's complaining. And that was a thing, too, that why we, one of the reasons why we opened the school is like, stop complaining and, you know, just and do something. Yeah. You know, like, just, just uh, you know, like, at least try to do something and you know you're not going to make a big change and stuff like that but if, if you can uh, uh, 
you know, do something and add to it, you know, that little something that make, it makes a difference. It might not be not, it won't go overnight, but it'll, you know, at least you're contributing and stuff. And that's the thing. Serato is just a tool. You still got like, you still with air, all the technology. You still need to know how to have the fundamentals. Like you can sure you have all the, the 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 drum kits and all that stuff, but you still need to know how to like count measures, know how to range. You know how to like to tap it out and stuff. So they say, is. right? You still have to have an ear. It's the same thing. It's like, well, it's not the real thing. You're not using an MPC or like this. That's a if you if you really think about it, that's a computer that's a machine it's yeah. just only a tool it's just it's a tool what do you you know so it's just again to add to what you're saying matt serato is just a tool you still gotta you still gotta learn how to like you gotta learn the, the fundamentals regardless that's it absolutely and one of the things that you talked you touched on a little bit earlier was was having originality and i think um i think what's great is is yeah both of you have a lot of originality i think of my experience like growing up listening to both of you guys your work and always being able to go oh yeah that's jay rolls that's retmatic and and having a character and that's i don't know if you guys how much you teach that but how much of a part of that is part of what hip-hop is right having originality having a personality having a point of difference totally at least at the school it's very, very important. We tell them like, okay, we're gonna take, you, we're gonna teach you all the techniques, the fundamentals. But at the end of the day, you gotta be, you have to find your own, own soul, your own voice, mm-hmm. and that takes, it takes time. That's like anything. If you do, if you're like, if you're doing sports, if you're doing martial arts, if you're doing painting, you gotta. We all, all of us emulate all our heroes. We copy all our heroes. But there's so much you can do. It's like, okay. You, you can do the same thing as them, but where's your voice, right? So, pe- like, again, it goes just like, we teach you all the tech, the trades and the tricks, but you won't able to do it the way we do it. Or right. you won't do it like how Rawls does it. You won't able to do it as cut corners would do it. Or you won't, you know, it, it comes down, it's still, we all have the same techniques, all the uh, knowledge, but it's, it's up to you how to apply it and make you make you stand out. Absolutely. And I'm going to give a round of applause to Beat Junkie Institute of Sound. <laughs> Teaching, building better DJs, 100%. Um, and I got, to be, I got to keep it real. Um, when I first heard uh, Lone Catalyst, I don't know about you, but I'd never heard anything like it. Due Process <laughs> blew my mind, J. Rolls. Uh, still to this day, one of my favorite beats in hip-hop. Um, so yes, also, huge. huge applause, Lone Catalyst, <laughs> J. Rolls. <laughs> Um, but look, um, we have, this show is about the power of music and it's really important that I ask you both, uh, your, what that means to you. Uh, I gotta say, why don't, we, why don't you set it off, Jay Rawls, tell me, what does the power of music mean to you? Oh man, the power of music, let's, I mean, <laughs> that's such a broad thing, I think. Um, music has the ability to, um, change minds, to influence to inspire, um, it has it has so many different capabilities. It, it means so many different things to so many people. So I think the power in music is just um, what it means to the listener, right? Consider that, like consider um, somebody who's down and depressed and, and they listen to some tunes and it helps uplift their spirit, right? Um, just recently lost my father and you know, throwing on some Jackie Wilson or some Curtis Mayfield 
or temptations takes me to a better place and and helps get me through that so you know music is is all power and inspirational so i think it really matters on on the beholder the the listener my condolences jay uh, i that's uh, very sad to hear I, I can't imagine how that hard that must be but yeah having knowing that you've got music to help in any way that that's powerful man yeah thank you yeah uh, Brent Maddock, what does the power of music mean to you? It's almost, I mean, Rawls just pretty much said it would, would you know, pretty much, you know, kind of wrapped it up like there is. That's, music is our, is our soul. It's, a, it's our therapy. It's our, it's our life, lifeline, really. I, I, I could not see how we could live life without music. Right. Yeah. So, Absolutely, man. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine life without music. That would be terrible. Yeah, I definitely man. wouldn't want to be doing that. Um, but look, I, I, gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much, though. Um, congratulations on your release. Roll reversals out now. Rollsmatic. Uh, just type in exclamation point follow in the chat. In fact, I'll do it for you. Um, and you'll be able to follow both of... Oh, thank you, that go, Aris. Um, you'll be able to follow them both on Twitch, which I highly recommend. Uh, you're pretty regular on Twitch, though. Every week, is that right, uh, Rawls? Yeah, yeah. I'm every uh, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, my name of my show is Live at Home, and uh, you know, I usually play treats, man. I play, um, I play a lot of songs that never came out. I do that kind of thing. Um, sometimes I might get into a little house session. Sometimes I might, uh, who knows? I might. I, I've done a couple of them where I just play all tunes from like producers I know or. My favorite producer, or something like that. So, <laughs> man, I caught the fun, man. I caught the Techzilla one, high tech man, also from Ohio. Um, yeah, that man. was incredible. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. And speaking of unreleased joints, I know DJ Lowkey is in the chat. He said that you you played an unreleased uh, Sean J. Period, uh, most deaf. What was it, uh, Lowkey? You're in the chat. Yeah, where did he put that in there? I missed that. Yeah, I did. I played a. Um, uh, I got a song that uh, I got, I think I got it, honestly, I think I got it from Home Skillet, but I got it in 95, I think, or 96, and um, it's a song that Sean J. Period did for uh, Most Deaf, and it's called Be Life. I think it's called Be Life. I don't even know. <laughs> but uh, it's, it, it's, it's so dope. It's one of my favorites. I play it quite often because I like it that much, but that's kind of the problem. Like, you know, I, I like you know, there's a lot of good new music and blah, blah, blah. But man, I live in the past. I live, I listen to a lot of old stuff. It inspires me. It makes me feel good. It inspires me to make something new and keep creating. So yeah, I listen to a lot of old stuff. I mean, if you got a lot of old exclusives, though, it's new to everybody else, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's actually how I convinced uh, High Tech to put out this, um, this series of beat instrumentals because I was playing all his old, beats from 95 off of his beat tapes that i had and he was like people want to hear this stuff like oh, man, yeah. <laughs> if you don't put this stuff out and quit playing yeah man more than you know right like man yeah. high tech's got so many so much heat mood man i remember that mood 12 inch also I, you, you mentioned sean j period and most def i remember that ultra uh, universal magnetic was it what was it yeah that's that 12 inch. back to back yep. heat on that mm. yeah mm -hmm. a lot of heat well, speaking, and that's actually funny. You, you mentioned that so much of that music from 
you know, our time, that time, Fat Beats era, you know, yeah. oldest 12 inches, uh, B-sides, remixes, things like that, of that nature. There's a lot of music that never made it to streaming platforms or mm-hmm. just isn't available anywhere, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's still digging for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's part Real of the fun, cool. man. I love playing, like, you know, unreleased classics. Um, I mean, I got, like, a whole album with Piacon that never came out. I got a whole album with Count Bass D that never came out. I got a whole album with Elder Sensei that hasn't come out. Like, I mean, there's so much unreleased music. I got I got records with Badass, Rest in Peace. Uh, I mean, so, you know, I'm trying to be as cool as the Beat Junkies, but, you know. Maybe, man, come on. Maybe, Why are you holding out, the junkies will let me, let Why me are you holding out? out? <laughs> wow. And um, now, also, Redmatic, um, I don't see you so much on Twitch. Are you? Do you use Twitch much these days? Yeah, actually, um, sound I do check. it. Sound check. So sound check. Uh, right. Sound check. I, I do it every uh, first and third Tuesday nights on the Beat Junkies Twitch channel. That's what it is. Uh, it's it's uh, D Styles and myself. So it's kind of like we're we're our we're like Twitch version of like Stretch and Bobito, you know. <laughs> so you know, we just had Rawls last night, uh, you know, on last night and stuff to interview. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's we. I, I know everybody does their own thing on Twitch, but we kind of we kind of format it like it's like you're listening like a, I would call it like yeah, Yo MTV Raps meets Friday Night Flavors because I play I'll play I'll play I'll play all new joints. I even play vid, music videos, but then right. of course we'll have guests we'll have guests in interview like you know like we had Jay Rawls on last night and stuff. So yeah, we for we format we we format it like we literally like try to like we have an intro, we have a a, a mix. A segue going outro and all that stuff so we 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 format it's not like like we don't even have raid trains that's the craziest thing <laughs> well i've been missing out man where can we find that is that's on the you see the beat junkies page which is which is shout out the beat junkies yeah it's just it's twitch? twitch.tv slash beat junkies so we're Simple. on yeah we're at, uh first and third tuesday nights 8 p.m pacific time 11 p.m east coast time Okay, cool. I gotta. I just put a shout out in the chat so you can follow the beat. Oh, I messed it up. It's the beat junkies. Thank you, that Harris. I'm terrible trying to do an interview and throw things in here, but that's that sounds great. Every Tuesday night, uh, definitely check it out. Shout out D Styles, beat junkie, beat junkie uh, crew. And um, and and last before we wrap this up, you've also got something coming up. Uh, you said, is it next Friday you're doing? Um, oh yeah, one of your classic mixtapes live in LA, yeah. right? Yeah. So I got this thing called the Witting Mixer. So uh, basically, I'm playing all 70s, 80s, and 90s. I'm actually wearing a suit with a bow tie and stuff. Wow. So it's a, it's it's a, I, it's a playoff uh, the Wedding Singer. So, but I call it the wedding mixer and uh, um, it's just a, a dance party. Play, play everything, you know, just play everything everybody wants to hear. The classic stuff, where, you know, from everything. So uh, uh, if you're in L.A., Saturday, February 18th uh, at the Echo. So uh, uh, brought to you I'll by- I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what, man? If you have a hot date, bring them. If you don't, go solo. You can dress up. Or you can go look like a bum, but just bring your dancing shoes. I'll probably be looking like a bum. But Red Matt, I got a funny story about that that mixtape. We sold that when I was working at a record store called Beat Street in Vancouver. We sold that mixtape, and we sold a truckload of those things because uh, 
that was a fantastic mixtape. Uh, so yeah, oh. big up the winning mixer. Oh. Oh, DJ Thank, you. Thank you. Classic mixtape oh. right there. Can I, can I also let people know what is today? Wednesday. On yep. Friday we drop a new video. Rawsmatic, DJ Rapmatic, J Raws featuring Frank, Nit, and Illa J. Every day ish. I'm excited. Gotta go check that out. So that's gonna be on YouTube. Yes. Awesome. Yes, indeed. And if and if people need to follow you on YouTube, where would where would where would where would you send them? Well, at least right now for for the for any Rawsmatic stuff, uh, 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 go to Soul Spasm. Soul Spasm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Roger that. Awesome. I'll, I'll make sure I uh, I follow up on uh, Sp- Soul Spasm. Shout out Frank Nitt and uh, Illa J. Of course, incredible rappers in the game. Some of my favorites. Um, yes. But gentlemen, thank you again so much for your time today. If you're anyone in the chat wants to check it out, uh, listen to Rawlsmatics Raw Reversal. It's out now on all streaming platforms. We got the two the two creators of the album right here with us. Um, yeah, man. And I want to say thank you so much for being a guest today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, you guys. Are legends a huge inspiration to me and many others um appreciate, appreciate it so much matt man and we got a lot of legends and we got a lot of legends in the chat man bus crates you know what oh, i'm saying little dave is in there it's a bunch of stars man you know what i'm saying right. shout out dj low-key shout out uh nj to ak man it's a lot of people in there just showing love we appreciate y'all man who's in there data Man, it's a lot of people in this chat. This chat's been fun. Yeah, it has been. Big up the chat. Uh, shout out Arlo. Low-key for the raid. That go Aris from modding. Sunny James, of course, from modding. Thank you all for the good music Twitch fam for, for rolling in. Jujeris. Um, yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. And of course, if you missed any of this, this will be up on replay. Um, but that's about it. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys in LA next week. Um, and um, yeah, have a great week, guys. Man, thank, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Peace. Thank you, thank thank you, you and the Serato crew. Thank you. Or I should, I should yes. say the fantastic, the, the new Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. All right, gents. All right. Peace. Cool. Thank you so much, everyone, uh, for following, uh, for tuning in today. That was a real treat. Um, big shout out, Jay Rawls, uh, Rhett Maddock. You know, incredible inspiration uh, on me as as a fan and as a DJ and as a producer. So, yeah, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. But yeah, I will see you soon. Have a great week. Much love. Until next time.